T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You think the code is messing up this pass here? No, because they don't shoot. He's a shooter. Was that a D. Brown? He tried to do the D. Brown. Tribute to D. Brown. And then you saw him pump up the shoes. Yeah. Okay. Pumped him up. Oh, the cloud didn't like that. They didn't. They did not like that. Wow. They did not like that. It's time for Sunday Mass with Christian Arcand on WEEI. Hour number two here, Sunday Mass. Reverend Arkan with you, taking you up until 2 o'clock. Nice to have you with us today. If you stayed up last night, you saw the uh, dunk contest. Jalen Brown participating. First all-star to participate in the dunk contest since Victor Oladipo in 2017, I want to say. It's been slim picking since then. <laughs> you know, it's been it's been pretty rough with these dunk contests. These G League guys coming up. This Mac McClung, who's pretty much all he died. I know he did okay in the Rising Stars game before, but uh, in terms of like being an NBA prospect, it's, and I remember him. I remember him like seeing like high school clips of him dunking in high school games, doing like through the legs dunks in his high school games, and then he went to Georgetown. I want to say, um, is still playing basketball professionally. So I mean. It's not like he's terrible, but uh, he's really, really shines during the dunk contest. And I say that, you know, in air quotes, because I didn't think even he was that good last night. But he's like, um, you know, like those Comedy Central roasts, how like Jeff Ross would show up at the roast and like just kill it. And then you wouldn't see him again until the next roast. That's kind of like Mac McClung. It's <laughs> kind of what he is. He's like the Jeff Ross of the dunk contest. But anyway, um, Jalen Brown was supposed to save the dunk contest. He was supposed to bring back some uh, prestige to it. He was supposed to make it cool again. You know, here here's an all-star competing in the dunk contest. Well, look at this. This is like how when Jordan and Dominique were doing it, you know, like back when the dunk contest meant something. Yeah. He got booed off the court. <laughs> and he was one of the better ones. He made it to the finals after getting booed. That's how bad the dunk contest was last night. And listen, Jalen Brown did some things that I did like. I thought the tribute to Terrence Clark was really nice. And I still get sad when I think about Clark because that was such an awful thing, uh, you know, when, uh, when he died in that car crash because he was a local kid. Uh, he played at Rivers a year. I think he, the rest of the time he was up in Brewster. He had Jalen Brown with the Brewster jersey on. Uh, that, was, that was nice. It just wasn't that great of a dunk. You know, like that's sort of the problem. It was a nice tribute. He tried to do a tribute to D. Brown, which is the one you just heard which everyone was sort of expecting because number seven Brown in the dunk contest, immediately you think of D Brown. So he gets the pass from Jason Tatum. He jumps over this guy who's like a streamer. Who was that guy? Kai Sinai. What's his name? Kai 
Yeah, I think it's Sanat. Sanat? It's spelled sense, but I think it's Sanat. Who the hell is this guy? Why? Like, who is he? I, I You're a young person. Know. You have I, to tell me. I think he hangs out with, like, Jake and Logan Paul, but I really don't know. He's like a streamer, right? He just yeah. sits there and talks, and that's his whole thing, right? I, it makes, like, $100 million. Personally, I don't get why people love streamers, but, like, he's one of those guys. He's one of, like, the big, hot, you know what, streamers. Yeah. Right? Okay, so he's, like, he thinks he's... He thinks he's the man. He's a very small person, by the way. And he's he sitting down. He was sitting in a chair. There was no need for that guy to be sitting in the chair. Mac McClung jumps over Shaq. Meanwhile, Jalen Brown's got this, like, five-foot-nothing kid sitting in a chair jumping over him. And he tried to do the D. Brown. So if you don't know, D. Brown back in the 90s was in the dunk contest, and he pumped up his shoes, and he had the famous dunk where he covered his eyes with his arm, and he dunked it. And that was, you know, that somehow beat Sean Kemp. Everybody liked it because D. Brown was this little guy. And uh, he beat Sean Kemp, who should have won that year, I think. Um, but either way, whatever. That was like an iconic dunk. Everyone remembers it if you were alive back then. It changed the world for Reebok and those shoes and everything else. Um, Jalen Brown gets the ball, dunks it, and then after he lands, does the D. Brown thing. After he hit the ground. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? That's not, a good, that's not a good tribute to D. Brown. D. Brown did it in the air. You can't do it after you land. That was a lame one. And the, the TNT, can you get all the dunks on the screen, please? His first dunk, he did this uh, Dominique Wilkins two-handed windmill thing, which wasn't great either because his second hand came off it, and they didn't even catch it in real time. Like, it's the dunk contest. (laughs) How do you miss one of the dunks? Like, that's unbelievable. I thought I couldn't believe that that had happened. Um, And then he did, like, a Michael Jackson dunk with the glove on the left hand. I was like, all right, you know, I guess this is, like, the Clark thing I thought was nice. I didn't think any of his dunks were really that good. And for that matter, Mac McClung's weren't either. Mac McClung last year was way better than this year. This year it was just like he just did the same dunk four times, it seemed like, except the one where he kind of tossed it to himself. Other than that, I didn't see anything special from him. I think they all gave him 50s on that last Shaq one just so the thing would be over because it was a bad dunk contest. I'll tell you what, if that was supposed to be what saved the dunk contest, I think the opposite happened. That may have killed the dunk contest. I don't know if there's any saving it now. I don't know if there's any saving it now. If an NBA All-Star participating in it, losing to a G League player, doesn't finally put the nail in the coffin, I don't know what does. Uh, what was your impressions of the dunk contest? It was, it was not good. And I am a Jalen Brown guy. You ask anybody that knows me, I'm president of the Jalen Brown fan club. That sucked last night. It was really bad. And I knew this was going to happen because Jalen Brown's an in-game dunker. Right. This thing is he dunks on people. It would have been better if he could have got Giannis to get, go out there and dunk on him because that's what Jalen Brown does in game. Would have been more realistic. Would have looked a lot cooler. I, Having, feel, like, I feel like Giannis would have said no. Yeah. <laughs> would have been like, ah, it's okay. <laughs> Having Kai Sinat sit down was insane. The guy was like three feet tall sitting in that chair at that point. That was pathetic. I think Tam also kind of sold on the pass, especially missing it the first time. Mm. The only dunk that I thought was good was the last one with the glove because I believe he did it to troll people about him not having a left hand. Right. So I kind of like that for the troll. But besides that, dunk contest, terrible. Mac McClung's in it, and he's a G-leaguer. But the G-league has their own dunk contest. Right. I literally saw someone say this online, that Mac McClung was basically like a circus animal from the NBA to trot <laughs> out just for the dunk contest each year. It's like, like that's it's what like his basketball career man, is. You know? <laughs> I think what the problem is that there's all these people that can are so athletic, and there are like these like street dunk contests that now get like put on YouTube and streamed yeah, and all that I've stuff. Yeah, I've seen some of those. Yeah, and they're way better than the NBA dunk contests. So unless but that's all they do, you know, like they're mm-hmm. just they're 
that's what their thing is. So, so I don't like, think they're saving the dunk contest because we've seen so much already. I mean, Blake Griffin jumped over a car. Like the Aaron Gore and Zach Levine one, we're not topping that at this point. Like it's only going downhill from here. I think it's that dead. was the last good one, right? Levine. Oh, for and, sure. Uh, and um, Aaron Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, those. That was the last real. Good I don't one. know where they go from here to save it. Like. Maybe if LeBron does it, it saves it just because LeBron's 39-year-old LeBron, I don't know, man. It's just, <laughs> I'm not even a LeBron guy, but it's just LeBron finally doing it would be a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, you would have LeBron fans that he could literally go up and do, like, a two, jump off two feet and throw it down with two hands like a big man dunk, and they would call it a 50. Yeah, uh, maybe. I think um, I think this might be it. Someone saying typical Arkan uh, bitching and moaning about a good thing Jalen did. I like the tribute. I just didn't think the dunk was very good. None of his dunks were very good. None of Jalen Brown's dunks were very good. All right. I mean, I'm sorry. They just weren't. Uh, I also don't like. It was nice when they did the court over to look like the garden. And it was nice when they put the uh, Terrence Clark picture down. I thought the court over for the garden was terrible. To be honest, with well, you. I, I hate when like they that. switch the courts. It. For me, it throws me I off. I liked it better than when it was bright blue and it looked like that they were looked in a, terrible in a too. pool. I, yeah. Why can't I just see a regular basketball court? Is that so hard to ask for? This is like the in-season tournament courts. Those yeah. things drove me nuts too. So I'm not a big fan of changing the courts with all the graphics and stuff. Just have a basketball court. Yeah. Okay. I'm not watching for the court. I'm watching for the players on the court. It was distracting. It was a. Uh, it was distracting. It looked like they were in a, a fish tank. Um, and I don't know something about like the lights and. I don't. I just. There's nothing. Here's what I think. There's. Here's how you fix the dunk contest. If you want to even try it. At this point, I think it's probably dead. Because if you thought that Jalen Brown being in it was going to make other all stars want to be in it, I think that probably makes them want to be less in it now. Oh yeah, great. I want to be an all star. Go out there and lose to this G League schlub. Who's <laughs> the only thing he does is dunk and like practice dunk contest dunks. Like yeah, okay. That sounds. That sounds awesome. Yeah, where do I sign up for that, says Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, where do I go sign up to lose to this guy? <laughs> that sounds like a, a great use of my time and a real good way to raise my profile. No way. I don't think any anybody's going to do that thing anymore. I just, you know, it is what it is. But if you were going to try and salvage it, at the very least, I think you got to try and do something with the presentation a little bit better. Because even though these dunks aren't great, I just kind of feel like the presentation of them isn't working either like the camera angles the lights the reaction from Kenny and the judges and stuff like I don't know I remember in the Gordon and Levine one like oh my god you know like everybody's losing their mind the lights are flashing like it's this whole thing and now it's just kind of like I don't know it's like you're at a Daft Punk concert like that's what it looks like now it looks like you're at some weird rave Everybody's face is all bright blue. Like, you know, I just, I didn't, I, the whole thing. I just, I could, I'd forget it. You know, like if that was supposed to save the dunk contest, I'm afraid it did the opposite. And that's a, that's a shame. Uh, also a shame that uh, Steph Curry won because I bet on the Sabrina to beat him in that three-point shootout. I thought for sure. I thought for sure that she was going to win. And that, you know, Curry would get to the end and, the, you know, miss on purpose or something just to make it look good. But nope. No, 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 no. Steph Curry uh, stood on business. And beat Sabrina Ionescu. And the whole time, I thought this was stupid. The whole time, Kenny Smith's like, she shouldn't have had to shoot from all the way back where the men shoot from. She should have been able to shoot where the women shoot from. It's like, Kenny, relax. <laughs> she got 26 from the men. It's not like it's not like she shot poorly or she couldn't do it. She had a really good round. Steph was just a little better, and that was that. Wasn't like, it her choice as well? Like, right. she picked to do that. And I will and say, she shouldn't have even been a choice. It's like, you both shoot from here. Yeah. This is where you're both shooting from. That's what it should have been. I, will I have no problem with that at all. The commentary with the dunk contest definitely didn't help, especially, like, I felt like 
they were fairly kind of critical a little bit. And I think the comment that killed me was when um, maybe it was Kenny that said that, that Jalen Brown literally sneezed on Kai Sinat on that dunk instead of doing the D Brown because it was so bad. Yeah, that's what he looked like. He looked like he was sneezing after the fact. It was a it was a, a bad showing all around. Wasn't great. Um, I did not uh, I did not care for any of that. Anyway, six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. And yes, why do you care about this? Our candidate's the All Star break. Who cares? I care. I don't know. I care about the dunk contest. The dunk contest was such an important part of like the season back. You know, for years and years and years. Just if you were a young per, you really looked forward to it. You looked forward to the Harold Miner and Isaiah Ryder and you know the, the, going forward. I mean, if you really go back, it was Doctor J was in the first one. You know, like it was it was fun. It was a fun thing. It was a it was a cool thing that the that the league did. And then D Brown really this area anyway in New England and Boston, when D Brown won that dunk contest, it suddenly became like a real big part of the season. And that was in the nineties when the Celtics weren't any good, so you didn't have much else to really root for. You know, you were hoping one of the Greg Miner was in a dunk contest one year, you know, Gerald Green and those guys. Like it was it was just something to something to watch on the weekends and I'll tell you it was it was fun you know those dunk contests used to be fun I used to really enjoy them and now I think uh it's just it's it's on life support if that it may be it may be all the way dead right now I don't know if like I don't know if next year I'm even going to care because no stars are going to do it next year you know this might be it this might be the end of the dunk contest so I hope you enjoyed that last night in the fishbowl because you may not see one again uh I certainly am not interested in watching any more of them 617-779-7937 is the phone number when we come back we'll talk about the actual Celtics who are playing NBA games that matter in the standings we'll get to all of that um the uh deadline has come and gone are the Celtics different enough are you happy with what they added uh should they have added more and what are your expectations for this team we'll get to all of that um, in just a few minutes, but real quick, uh, someone in the six one seven is saying, "Idiot Brown didn't get booed; it was the judges getting booed." Yeah, I don't think the judges had given a score yet. I think they were booing Jalen Brown because that dunk sucked. Someone said that it was when the TNT broadcast in like the arena switched over the Celtics court. That's what they were booing because it was in Indiana, they were and it was the at Celtics the same court. time. I guess that could be it. So, I but listen, know. they should have booed that dunk. That dunk was lame. Yeah, the dunk was. They, it wasn't a good dunk. You jumped over it was a like a child, basically sitting in a chair. It was Jason Tatum with that cool coat he was wearing, and he's throwing the ball. You know, like. And by the way, he missed the first one. Should have brought out Deuce. Deuce should have been involved. I mean, honestly, jumping over Deuce in a chair would have been just as impressive. Yeah, Deuce is probably taller than that guy. Uh, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. I'll tell you what's trending, and when we come back, we'll get to the Celtics for real right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
Sunday Mass continues right now with Christian Arcan on WEEI. Now, I'd probably still slot him third right now. I think Jokic has just been amazing. SGA, what he's doing in Oklahoma City and getting them to where they are. But it's going to get a little dicey here because you got a lot of games coming up. On Saturday night after the All-Star break, Jason Tatum goes down to New York's Madison Square Garden against Jalen Brunson. Can kind of show where he ranks among the players in the East. Then Luka Doncic comes here that Friday night at the Garden, March 1st. Then the big one. They go out to Denver. And that's where, if Tatum has a big night in that game, you're going to see this whole narrative start to shift. And Jason Tatum will move into that conversation to be the potential MVP. I was staggered that he was sixth in that straw poll earlier this week. It's time for the surge to start happening. People are slowly going to take notice of all the ways he's impacting this game. It's our guy Forsberg talking about the MVP race in particular, Jason Tatum, who you're going to see tonight in the All-Star Game, if you choose to watch the All-Star Game. He was the MVP of the All-Star Game last year. Um, Tatum is moving up that, uh, that chart, and I don't know. I mean, it depends on how you view the MVP and what you think the MVP is. If it's the best player on the best team, then Jason Tatum should be getting much more consideration for it. I agree. Because the Celtics are definitely the best team. They're five games better than any other team at the All-Star break right now, and I have a feeling that's going to be the way the season ends, too. I just don't see them going in the tank very much, and you know these other teams have all had some pretty uh, hard charges lately, and they still can't get up to where the Celtics are, not to mention in the Eastern Conference outside of Cleveland, who's been, you know, speaking of Brewster Academy, by the way, Donovan Mitchell and those Cleveland Cavaliers have been hot lately, but they're not on the Celtics level. The Knicks aren't on the Celtics level. Uh, the Bucks are completely imploding right in front of our eyes, the Doc Rivers effect. Good thing you fired your coach and were dancing all around. Remember that when they fired the coach and they were dancing in a circle? 35-year-old Brooke Lopez dancing around. Like, what a jackass. They look like such a-holes. And maybe Griffin was like the biggest a-hole in the world. He probably was, all right? I mean, I've seen some uh, stuff online about him that makes me not respect him all that much. But either way, if you're getting your coach fired and you make such a big show about it, and you're dancing around, Giannis dancing around. Yeah, we fired a coach. Woo! And then you go out and you just get your ass kicked by the Grizzlies and all these teams they keep losing to. They're like the Bruins right now. Uh, just completely coming apart, those Milwaukee Bucks. So if you're the Celtics, I mean, listen, you got to worry about the heat because you got to worry about the heat every year. And somehow you find yourself uh, face-to-face with them in a playoff series. And I know the Heat are down there in the uh, playing round right now, uh, but they're probably coming out of that playing round, all right? They're probably coming out of that playing round, and if you're the one seed and they're the eight seed, they're coming right to you. So, all right, that's really it. I mean, outside of the Miami Heat, I don't think that there is a team in the Eastern Conference that's within shouting distance of the Celtics. And the Heat really shouldn't be either. Um, that being said, that game Super Bowl Sunday, I did not like that. I know they won, but I didn't like it. I didn't like how close it was. No Jimmy Butler, and you let Duncan Robinson get in your head like that? Like, come on. Um, on the Western Conference, there's teams I'm scared of, sure. Scared of the Clippers, scared of the Nuggets. Scared of the Timberwolves. I mean, listen, you don't want that team in a NBA Finals. You don't want to have to go in the middle and deal with Rudy Gobert. Uh, and Anthony Edwards, who was just a dynamite player really taking a leap this year but are any of them taking that leap past Jason Tatum Jason Tatum is uh right now I think like sixth on the Kia ladder he may have jumped up to fifth I'll uh I'll double check that just so I'm not talking out of my uh 
rear end here. But, yeah, he may have jumped up to fifth because Joel Embiid now is not going to qualify. So here's what it currently looks like. And this is as of, I don't know, whenever they put this thing out. Uh, February 17th. So this is yesterday. This is the last time it was updated. Jokic, number one. Uh, Gilgis Alexander, number two. Giannis, number three. Doncic, number four. Tatum, number five. Followed by Kawhi, DeMontis Sabonis, who are both tied for sixth. Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, and Anthony Davis. Uh, we'll discuss all this, by the way, with my good friend Joe Sway Pavone, who's going to be joining us in about five minutes, uh, CLNS Media. He also does a podcast with Cedric Maxwell. So we'll be talking with Joe Sway here. I think he's down in Indy, or down in Indy, over in Indy, wherever that is. Uh, I think he's there for All-Star Weekend. So uh, we'll be uh, checking in with him here very, very soon. Is Jason Tatum getting the appropriate amount of MVP consideration? I say yes. I'm of the belief that when you add a bunch of players to your team, like when Steph Curry was winning, he won the two MVPs in a row. And then the Warriors got Kevin Durant and he stopped winning MVP. You know what I mean? Like, so that's sort of how I look at it. Jason Tatum has always had a pretty good surrounding cast. It's not like he's ever been a one-man show. He's always had at least Jalen Brown with him. And earlier on in his career, he had more than that. He had Kyrie here and, you know, Gordon Hayward and Al Horford's always been here and whatever. So, like, it's not like like he has to go out there by himself. There's always been at least one other all-star or someone who's been an all-star at some point uh, in there with him. Um you know, it's uh, they're all NBA even. You know, you got all NBA guys around him too. So he's, to me, the most important player on the Celtics and one of the best players in the league. But when you're talking about MVP, if the Celtics lost Jason Tatum for two weeks, would that be worse than if the Thunder lost Gilgis Alexander for two weeks? I don't see how you can say yes to that. I mean, I don't think the Celtics would be better or anything. It's not like they'd get better if they lost Jason Tatum. But I feel like they'd be able to regroup and sort of play around it and run the offense differently. And I give some credit to Joe Mazzulla in this hypothetical for for figuring that out and and putting something together to make it work. But I also think it would work. I think it would work with Jalen Brown as your primary. And uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis is your second guy and Derek White and everybody else. You You can make that still work, I think. You take Jokic off the Nuggets... Take Gilgis Alexander. You take Luca off the Mavs. You take you know Giannis off the Bucks. I'm sorry, like you're you're got a different team there. And Giannis, I think, is about to fall out of this too because the Bucks are just such an embarrassment. And this whole thing now with Doc Rivers losing to Memphis. <laughs> oh my God, they have got to they've got to regroup there and do it quickly. It's Jason Tatum and MVP. Here's what they say. Kawhi Leonard is breathing down Tatum's neck for the spot, but the 25-year-old lit up Brooklyn for 31 of 41 points in the first half, dialing up his third 40-point game of the season in the 25th of his career. Tatum torched the Nets again the next night, combining with Derek White for 47 points in a game that all of Boston's starters sat in the fourth quarter. Best player on the best team has to be considered. If you're the best player on the best team, then you have to be in the MVP conversation. Is that enough to win it? Or does it have to be something else? Should Jokic have won it last year? The reason he didn't is because it would have been three in a row and he hadn't won a championship yet. There's politics that go into the MVP. Is it Tatum's turn? Is it his turn to be the MVP? Giannis has already won it. Jokic has already won it. Luka might be his turn, but his team's not as good. Gilgis Alexander. Not, not earned it yet. Not ready yet. 
that team has to do something first. You can't just make him the MVP. And also, you know, the Thunder have some other good players on that team. But he's far and away, like, the guy. And if he was off that team, I mean, they're they're a different team. Much, much bigger uh, loss and a much bigger void to fill than I think the Celtics of Tatum went down. And that's just me saying I think the Celtics have a great roster and a great starting five. And it's no really no uh, uh, disrespect to Tatum, and it's not intended to be. But I think based on all of that, you know, the MVP voters do care about whose turn it is. Oh, it was Joel Embiid's turn last year. Got to give Joel Embiid a turn. Well, whose turn is it this year? It's not Shy's. Jokic and Giannis already won one. Luka, I don't know. That team's not, that team's not the Celtics. What I'm trying to say here is if you get a good odds on a Jason Tatum MVP futures bet, you may want to consider it. Uh, 617-77. You can do that right now on FanDuel. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. And as promised, joining us right now, my good friend and yours uh, from CLNS Media, also hosts the uh, podcast with Cedric Maxwell, my good friend, Josue Pavone, who used to work right here at WEEI. Josue, how you doing, my buddy? I'm good. I'm good, Christian, man. How are you? I'm well. Uh, are you down in Indy? Are you are you over there? I am. I am. Man. It's been a crazy weekend. A lot of fun. How a lot is, of fun here. Uh, how is the dunk contest up close? It's it's fun. It really is. It's great because the uh, the atmosphere, the energy. You know, it's interesting because going into it, I was I was wondering if it was going to hit the same. You know, but it did. You know. Um, People got to remember, man. This is this is for the kids, right? So the the, the energy and stuff, like you could feel that. Uh, obviously, you know the celebrities and all that add to it as well. So it was a great vibe in the uh, the the arena. You know, in my opinion, they they did a good job with it. All right. Well, it didn't come off that way watching at home. I'll tell you that it seemed uh, it seemed like none of the dunks really got anybody that excited. Uh, it seemed like they were all kind of schmeh. And I don't know. It didn't yeah. seem like the crowd was that into it. I'm sorry. Like, the crowd, they did not relay the crowd. If the crowd reaction was good and there was a lot of energy in that room, it did not come across that way on TV. Yeah. No, no. I know I know what you mean, man. It, 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 okay. Between Mac McClung and the uh, the, uh, the the shootout, you know, with, with, with Steph just winning at the end, you know, I, I thought that was probably the highlight of the night in terms of how loud it got. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because if you're if you're there, you can clearly see, like, during the dunk contest, again, the the audience in terms of that demographic, you know, teenagers and stuff, they were pulling from a clung, man. Like, I'm looking over to these group of kids, and they were scared that Jalen was going to steal it, you know? And so I thought that was it, – it was it was fun. You know, it was great. It's a great experience for me, especially because I've never done it before. It's my first time doing uh, All-Star Weekend. But, yeah, I, I just felt like um, at certain times when it, when it was uh, – at its best, those were those are the it was at those moments. You what's know? been the uh, they, they got they got what they wanted, you know? McClung won it. Yeah, what's been the best part of the uh, weekend so far? For me, it was the um, practice session because afterwards you got a chance to kind of just go around and you know a lot of the all stars were, were um, doing like mini pressers essentially. But the only thing is that a lot of them were going on at the same time. So uh, between like Doc and Jalen Brown, you know, I, I, I hung around with, with Jalen longer, but you get a chance to, to kind of hop around. So I, for me, that was my favorite part of it so far. And of course tonight, you know, all-star, the all-star game and everything, it, it should be incredible. All right. Now the Celtics going to go into a post all-star slump like they did last year. And also it's not just last year, Josue. You remember Kemba Walker with the knee injury, Kyrie Irving at the all-star break. The all-star break for these Celtics, these particular group of Celtics, have not been kind, and it seems like something bad always happens afterwards. Is that going to happen again this year? 
I'm hoping not. And, and you, you, you can tell Joe Mazzulla is already trying to get ahead of that he's narrative. Tense. You know, he's, he's tight been talking, about that, yeah. Yes, he's tight about it. You know, he's been saying it all season long, and, you know, rightfully so. For, for these guys to stay focused, and clear, clearly there were times throughout – uh, th- that stretch where they, they pulled together some of these wins, but there were times where they were like, wait a minute, you, you got to win those games. You know, sometimes when uh, the best players, like, you know, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and you guys are, yeah, you're supposed to win those. You know, so I, I think those are great lessons for them. I think Jones honestly loves that because he's always going to point that out, you know, uh, in practice and, and talk about, you know, mental toughness and all that. So I, I think that's a big part of, why he's doing that he's sort of setting it up now you know right before we got into the all-star break he says he hates the all-star break he wished there wasn't an all-star break because he wants these guys to stay focused so yeah it's really important because momentum is is huge i mean look at what the miami heat pulled off last year you know in terms of that just they flipped that switch at the right time and the celtics you know they, they can't stumble into the playoffs. they have to have that momentum going i, I really do believe it's, it's important especially when you see the way they went down against the miami heat and look i know last year this is a different team this time around, but you can't help but wonder because we see those instances where they have the last in judgment and they essentially make the game interesting when they, when they shouldn't, you know, they really shouldn't with, with, the, with the talent that they have. Yeah. They've been doing a lot of that. You mentioned Joe Missoula and how he right. hates all-star breaks and breaks in general. What are your impressions of him this year as opposed to last year? Like, how do you think he's evolved as a coach? I think he's uh, he's he's really settled into this position. You know, I, I think last year, obviously, with the way things were, uh, the way he was thrusted into the spot, it was really a, a tough adjustment for him. And I, and I think this year, because of the coaching staff, because of um, a stronger relationship with the with the star players, with the top guys, I, I think all that matters. So I, it's 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 great because you know he's showing he's showing growth in in, in that aspect. But I, I just can't, you know, I can't wait for the playoffs. I want to see how he does in this best of seven series. You know, um, I, I just thought he was essentially really outcoached last year in, in those opportunities. So I, I want to see how he responds this time. And I want to see how these players respond, you know, for essentially from now and going into the playoffs. I think, again, it's really important. Uh, and it'll say, it'll say a whole lot about where Joe Mazzula is as a coach, you know, once we get there. Yeah, uh, certainly will. Josue Pavone joining me here on a Sunday Mass of CLNS Media. Josue, the trade deadline is uh, come and gone. What do you think of what the uh, of the Celtics' moves that they made, and is there a move out there that you think they should have made that they didn't? I think they did a good job. I mean, look, I just think putting in those sort of like quote-unquote insurance policies, I think that stuff is important. So, you know, I think – Brad Stevens did a good job in doing that and uh, getting Tillman, someone that's sort of like that muscle guy, sort of like that scrapper, you know, I, I think who could really, um, you know, make an impact when you really need to rest your guys between Chris Dabbs Porzingis and, you know, Al Horford going into the playoffs. And, and we'll, we'll see what he looks like. But I, I just think, again, this Celtics team is, is – they're ready, man. These guys are ready to compete. You know, we, we always talk about the top six and, yeah, you know, Guys like Pritchard and and Hauser, how are they gonna are they gonna be consistent throughout the postseason? Al Horford, in my opinion, has been solid. You know, as that guy who can fill in and and, and give you those games where you're like, okay, man, he still has it. You know, I, so I think all that is great for this team moving forward. And at the trade deadline, it was the one of those times where you think. They don't really need much right now. I just think it was just more about how is this team going to respond? How are they going to continue to use this uh, essentially great run that that they've been doing all season long? And, and this six-game leap at the top of the Eastern Conference, in my opinion, it, it, it's impressive. You know? Yeah, they're head and shoulders above everybody in the East, really everybody in the league right now. Right. Uh, five that games up on – 
Right. That hasn't happened since the championship team, you know, in 08. Yeah. So that's impressive. It is. It's uh, definitely impressive. But the question now is, What's going to be different when it gets down to the games that matter? What's You obviously have a lot of pressure on you considering the offseason they had and the talent that they've added. Uh, they've done well with the bullseye on their back so far this year. Why is it going to be different at the end? I think Porzingis is, is, a, is a big part of what, they, what they're doing here, especially on both ends of the floor. I mean, you talk about someone that can uh, keep up with the, the switches and guarding the perimeter and, and then just give you so much on the offensive end as a passer as a three-point threat. I just think he's he's really a, a, a mismatch nightmare for a lot of these matchups, especially throughout the Eastern Conference, man. Like, this Celtics team, with the way that they build, and obviously barring any uh, injuries or anything like that, they should be able to reach the finals. You know, I, I do think they're, they're, they're very talented, but I think he's a difference maker in terms of their spacing. Uh, Jason Tatum as well. Like, if he can get on a, a, a really hot streak to finish this regular season going into the playoffs, I think is. is uh, something to look out for as well. But, yeah, I just think that that's a big part of what they do. And, of course, Drew Holiday, you, you know, what he brings to the backcourt and that defense and uh, as a uh, playmaker as well, just to tame the offense. He's just done a solid job, man. They've really come a long way in sense of uh, having that all-around, you know, starting five compared to the team that they were last year. And I just think it's just, it, it just causes nightmares for a lot of the matchups in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Uh, speaking of nightmares in the Eastern Conference, uh, Doc Rivers will be coaching the <laughs> Eastern Conference All-Star team. <laughs> and oh, the man. Bucks have just That's been, bad. I mean, they are they are <laughs> unraveling in front of everyone's eyes here. What Are people talking about the Bucks? Like, it seems like that'd be a heavy topic in Indy this week. A little bit, yeah. Uh, I, I think that was one of the longer pressures, honestly, when, when Doc was up there. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just a really tough spot for Doc Rivers to be in. And, you know, you, you wonder how they're going to be. Tough spot. He shanked the oil. He was, he was there uh, helping him out, and then all of a sudden he stabs him in the back. It's a tough spot. He, got, he stepped in there himself. I know, but then now look at the results, Christian. I mean, that's the problem. <laughs> I think he thought that this thing was going to be uh, – the. Uh, a little easier, you know, the seamless transition essentially, but I mean, yeah, man, it's, it's interesting how people are, are really talking about that whole story, the way it kind of like the, the, no one sort of knew he was doing the kind of the, essentially what Jeff Van Gundy's been for the Celtics team, you know, that, that, uh, but then he's getting ready to, <laughs> he was supposed to help uh, Griffin, but you know what he did say, Christian, though, he did say that he, he's planning on giving that money to Christian, I mean, to, uh, uh, to Adrian Griffin. <laughs> he's essentially ready to, you know, the, but if he wins the, uh, the, wow, the that's, game. Wow, that's big of him, huh? He's going to give him the <laughs> all-star money after he steals his job. What a, what a gracious guy. Doctor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, man. Wow. Um, all yeah, right. I mean, look, that's 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 the uh, that was the funny part of that dark dark uh, rivers press conference for sure, man. <laughs> that's pretty funny. All right, uh, Joe Sway Pavone, great to talk with you as always. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, enjoy your rest of your time in Indy, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Absolutely, man. Sounds good, Christian. All right, that's Joe Sway Pavone, CLNS Media, uh, covers the Celtics, uh, does a great job, and uh, you can catch his stuff on Twitter, aka X. And find out more there. I'll uh, retweet his uh, his latest down from Indy. All right, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Now that we've covered the Celtics at length, it's time to talk about the Red Sox. And we'll do it briefly because there's not much to talk about. Just something else that pissed me off this week. We'll get to that next. This is Sunday Mass on WEEI with Christian Arcand. 
you know, refusal to say that they were a playoff team. It's like, I think he was being honest because he knows he would be lying to everyone in his front office if he said anything otherwise. So I just look at, I think people are, are, are legitimately embarrassed. My sense for a while now has been that if you left this up to Sam Kennedy and Tom Werner, the Red Sox would have done more this winter. John Henry, however, is the principal owner of this team for a reason. To me, this is all coming down on him. And we talk about reconsidering things. Heimblum's uh, tenure here obviously wasn't great, and I can understand why they let him go. However, when Craig Breslow comes in and the exact same thing happens, you have to say, maybe it's not about the guy in that chair, but the guy who sits above him. That's John Henry. I think this is all 100% on the owner of the Red Sox. And until he changes his mind about what he wants this team to look like, it's just going to be more of this. And I, Trenny, I don't know how many years this could be. I'm, I'm not kidding with you. It's certainly going to be this year. I don't know when it's going to look better. John Tomasi, NBC Sports Boston, on with Trenny. Talking about the Red Sox. And he's right. This is embarrassing. This, what is happening with this Red Sox team is embarrassing. Can you keep that beat going? I like that beat. Keep that one going. You have to turn that down so fast. Thank you very much. Old Wu-Tang. Um, embarrassing is, accurately describes it, I would say. You've got a team now that is trading off pieces like John Schreiber. And I heard Ken and Curtis talking about this yesterday. And God bless Curtis because Ken was just a company man. Oh, yeah, minor move. No big deal. Ah, It's no big deal. I don't even know why we're talking about it. We shouldn't even mention this. We shouldn't even announce that they're trading John Schreiber. No, we should announce it, Ken. We should announce it, Red Sox. You should not be doing these sort of things under the cloak of darkness. Like, we're not going to notice that you're moving one of your setup men. I mean, that's what he was. Schreiber was one of your setup guys last year. He was better in 2022, and he fell off a little bit last year. Fine, but he was injured a lot in the meat of the season. And when he came back, he wasn't bad. He really wasn't. (laughs) You know? He's a good strikeout pitcher. He's a useful member of your bullpen. And it was, I want to say, McAdam and Chris Smith. Might have been Cotillo, but I think it was McAdam and Smith this week who reported that Jansen's on the block, Schreiber's on the block, and Chris Martin's on the block. Why are any of those guys on the block? Unless you're trying to throw the season, basically. I mean, like, what other re- It's not... John Schreiber's not making a lot of money, even. This was all about just saving some money. Then, you know, trade Jansen, maybe, I guess. Like, why are you trading this guy? For another prospect, it's like, okay... A 23-year-old single-A guy who's been good in single-A, but all right, like, what is that? What's that? I never heard of this guy before, Sandlin. Admittedly, I'm not, you know, I'm not big on Kansas City uh, prospects in single-A. You know, I know there's people in this building, and certainly Brad, I'm sure a lot of other people have heard of him. I didn't know who he was. I knew who Schreiber was. And it's not like Schreiber was, you know, the thing keeping the pitching staff together either. It's just indicative of what this team's philosophy is. And if you thought that this season was going to be anything other than a a, a teardown, then, I don't know, I mean, this, even more so than some of the other moves that got made, with Chris Sale at the very least, you're like, okay, they've been trying to get out from under that contract. With Verdugo, it's like, okay, well, 
he was kind of a crazy a-hole, you know? Like, it's fine. Move on from him. This? What's what's the point of this? What's the point of this other than to make your bullpen weaker and try and shore up your uh, your farm system a little bit more? What what does this do to help the team this year? Nothing. Nothing. You're doing nothing. This team this year, it's like it doesn't exist. It's like they don't exist to upper management. It's like they don't exist to John Henry. You know, they're going to play a season. Fenway Park's going to open. Kids are going to be walking through those doors, <laughs> sitting in that stand, watching batting practice. You know, asking their mom and dad, who's that? <laughs> I've never seen that guy before. What happened to John Shriver, my favorite player? All right, maybe no one's doing that. But you know what I mean. What is there to be excited about with this team? What's there to go watch? People weren't paying money to go see John Schreiber. I get that. But, you know, the bullpen was one of the stronger parts of this team. And they're doing whatever they can to tear it down. Passon, in his uh, piece on this deal yesterday, Boston has entertained trading from its bullpen all winter. Discussing Schreiber, Kenley Jansen, and setup man Chris Martin. Why have they been discussing that? Why are they so open to doing that? So much so that it's like leaking to the media. Like, it's one thing if you're having talks behind closed doors. It's another thing if you're making it known that you'll listen to offers for all these guys. You want to get rid of all three of them? Why? <laughs> like Again, like, what? what's the point of this? Why'd you spend money on Giolito? Why are you doing any of these things that you're doing? This is a very confusing offseason. Between the moves that were made early on, the search for a new president of uh, chief baseball officer, whatever he is, and the Theo thing, like, it just, it really seems like a big chaotic mess. It really doesn't seem like there's any plan. It doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason to the things that that they're doing. It doesn't seem like bringing in Theo has signaled some sort of new way of thinking in the front office, and maybe that's going to take a while before that happens. But, you know, you got a, you got a team to field. you got a season to play. What are you doing with this roster? The Royals are overhauling their bullpen. They targeted John Schreiber and said, let's get that guy. I bet we can get him from Boston for not much. Look what they're doing. And they were right. The Royals have traded for Nick Anderson, and they signed Will Smith and Chris Stratton. Those were additions they've made to their bullpen. The Royals. Uh, I just, I don't understand this. I don't understand what what the philosophy is. And I hear John Tomasi when he says a lot of these guys are embarrassed. Well, okay, if you're embarrassed, stop making embarrassing moves. Is that all coming from on high? John Henry's telling you you got to do this, this, and this. You got to trade John Schreiber. Like that can't be. He's not getting into the weeds like that, is he? I can't imagine that he is, because John Schreiber's not making enough money to raise any red flags to John Henry. So what's really going on here? Is this just a baseball move? Are they really just punting on this season and not telling anybody? Like. You know, at some point, you have to kind of come clean about what this is all about. And if it's another season of, well, you know, really, we're trying to build up our farm system. We're You've been doing that for a few years now. 
This whole building up the farm system thing, that was what the High and Bloom experience was supposed to be all about, was it not? Eventually, do we get to start adding to the team? Do we get to start trying to make the real team better, the major league team better, and not the triple A and double A and single A teams? Because I'm sure the single A is going to be killing it with this guy, David Sandlin. But I'd like for the Red Sox, the actual Boston Red Sox, to not be embarrassing this year. And listen, spring training's been going on for four days, and everyone's embarrassed, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Alex Gore didn't even show up at first. Stomach bug. They asked Kenley Jansen about it. He's like, listen, man, I'm signed for two years. What do you want from me? Corey, do you want to stick around? I don't know about that. (laughs) No comment. They even asked um, uh, uh, their new chief baseball officer, whose name now escapes me. Talking, of course, about Craig Breslow, obviously. You can hear me typing the name. High and Bloom Craig Breslow. I keep doing that. I keep mixing them up, even though they have the same initials. Craig Breslow was asked, do you think this team could be a playoff team? He says it's foolish to make predictions like that. (laughs) And I know he meant predictions about what the team is going to be, but it's foolish to predict that they'd be a playoff team. I think we all agree with that. Like Anybody who's who's making that bet is making that bet because there's a lot of juice, not because they actually believe it can happen or that it's going to happen. You would have to be kind of foolish to think that. I, I agree. And I know that's not what he meant, but it is what he said. In context or not, he's right. <laughs> you know, that is, a, that is a foolish thing to believe. Anyway, Red Sox, not the end of the world, I guess, in a, in a vacuum. But trading away John Schreiber at this point, to me, is just another wave of the white flag. You know, every single move they've made has been some sort of surrender, it just feels like. And I, I don't know. I mean, eventually, if they, they still can change my mind. This guy's still out there. And I feel like I say this every week. You know, just sign Montgomery, sign Snell, sign a couple guys, and it'll completely change the way people talk about you. It'll completely change this entire narrative. And instead, they're trading John Schreiber for prospects. I mean, what are you, what are you supposed to say to that? 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Quick break. We'll come back. Uh, I got a few more thoughts on the uh, Jeff Benedict documentary. Um, uh, Apple TV documentary, I should say, based on the Jeff Benedict Benedict book. We talked with Benedict on Friday, uh, so we'll replay a little bit of that, and we'll get to your phone calls next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.